I'm Aaron Hinkin. This is the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. Hi, I'm Jim Meyer, and my question is, who are the Marching Ravens? You're talking about the uh, the marching band that plays at all the Ravens home games, yeah? Yeah, and I just wonder, who are the people in the band? And, and like, is it their full-time job? And on top of that, I don't think any other NFL team has a marching band of their own. So how do the Ravens luck out and get this huge marching band that plays, like, all their home games? It's an excellent question, Jim. I'm going to see what I can figure out for you. I can't wait. Well, for starters, it turns out you're right. Not a lot of NFL teams have their own marching bands, just two. In fact, the Washington Commanders and, of course, the Baltimore Ravens. The story of Baltimore's marching Ravens is wild and woolly and full of twists and turns, and it goes back 75 years, which, if you're doing your math, means they've been around a lot longer than the Ravens football team itself. And we're going to get into that history in just a little bit, but first... I want you to meet some of the players in this band. You asked, is being in the band their full-time job? No, most of them do this on top of full-time day jobs. And the reason why is pretty simple. It's obviously really, really fun. The energy that comes out of that stadium on game days, unreal. Every time I go out, it's just an adrenaline rush. And I'm like, man, everybody's here in Baltimore <laughs> who wants to be here at a Ravens game right now is here today to share this this moment with us. Just looking around and hearing the, hearing the cheers, hearing the voices. It's a rush to go into a stadium that has so many people and it's so loud and the lights are so bright. It's, um, it's quite a feeling. These voices are a few of the 130-plus members of the Marching Ravens, including the equipment crew, banner carriers, and musicians. And they're all wrangled by this guy. My name is Dan Fake. I am the band director for Baltimore's Marching Ravens. This is my 19th season with the group. When Mr. Fake writes out the musical arrangements for this band, they have 17 different parts. Which would include um, flutes, clarinets, three saxophones, three trumpet parts, two trombone parts, and four drumline parts. And the band's catalog is deep. I want to say we probably have close to five, 600 songs in our library. And from that library, they play a repertoire of 30 to 40 different songs each season. It hits multiple decades multiple genres, multiple fan bases, um, pretty much try to get something for everyone. And they accomplish all this, footwork included, with one practice a week, Wednesday nights up at the Ravens training grounds in Owings Mills. Most bands, what we do, gets four or five hours a day, seven days a week. This is John Zeman. He's the band president of the Marching Ravens. We rehearse one night a week, and that shows you how good these musicians are. Mr. Zeman has been with the group since 1956. On game days, he shows up at the training grounds with the band's equipment crew at 6 a.m. The band reports around 7, 7.15. They practice, get dressed in their uniforms. Get on the buses. They eat lunch on the bus on the way to M&T Bank Stadium, and then... We march around to Oriole Park, right outside of Oriole Park between that and the warehouse. We do a half-hour concert as the fans are coming down the light rail. They get the juices flowing. Then they line up and march down Raven's Walk, playing in formation. And the fans go crazy. They stop in the middle of Raven's Walk to do a fast fanfare. Then we step off to where the fight's off, and the people just, it gets them going. It gets them energized. From there, the band makes its entrance into the stadium. They do a pregame show. They do a halftime show. They play during breaks all throughout the game, do a concert at the end of the game. March back, playing our fight song, 
Win or lose. They get on the buses, go back to Owings Mills Complex. Change out of uniform, turn the uniform in, pack up the equipment trucks, and we're out of there maybe around 7 o'clock. If you're keeping track, that is a 12-hour day and then some for a bunch of musicians who have day jobs to get to the next morning. We have people from all walks of life, people that are lawyers, nurses, police officers, paramedics, you name it, we have it. Including a band member who works at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Here's how she describes her day job. Our mission is to uh, recommend what governments should do um, to prevent and mitigate pandemics. So the last couple of years have been, you know, busy. Dr. Gigi Quick-Granval. When she's not busy helping governments prevent and mitigate pandemics, she plays the baritone. It's like a small tuba. (laughs) Dr. Granval has been playing with the Marching Ravens for three years now. She says with the band, she just gets to make people smile wherever they go. That's just hasn't been the case with public health, I have to say. So it's really been great for me to have this other thing that I'm doing that really does make people happy. And also, you have to focus when you're in the band. You have to be thinking about your music. You have to be thinking about where you're putting your feet. And so it really crowds out all the other stuff that might be going on. That focus is no joke. Even after the Marching Ravens play their pregame shows, the band always has to be at the ready throughout the entire rest of the game to kick into gear with a song at the drop of a dime. The folks who run the video boards and the audio They will let us know when we have the opportunity to play. Again, band director Dan Fake. So we might have, during a TV timeout, he might tell us the next TV timeout is a band timeout. Fake says the Marching Ravens hold auditions every year, and for new members, the game day routine can be a lot to process, especially when you're surrounded by a sea of more than 70,000 screaming fans. The, The vantage point of the field and looking up to your audience is a little bit overwhelming, I feel like, the first time. Uh, we, we take the opportunity to take our rookies out into the stadium on that first game day to look around. So it's not quite the shock of walking out there or getting onto the field and having to perform and, and realizing how different that venue is compared to what you've been in prior. It really does feel like we can count on one another. This is Kim Smith. She's the band's percussion instructor. She's been playing with the Marching Ravens for seven years. Smith loves the excitement of the games, but even more than that, she says she loves the camaraderie at the band's weekly practices. It's like we're at our normal lives and we get to escape our normal lives for that short period of time, every Wednesday night. And we come in and we're like, oh, these are the people that I want to be with tonight and and, and just escape that reality (laughs) for a few hours. You're standing there and you're shouting together and like the the super hot rehearsals where you get to like build bonds. This is Brooke Coleman. She's been playing piccolo in the band since 2014. I was actually in somebody's wedding and I would have never met them had I had it not been for Raven's band. And there are people who have met their their husbands and wives. There's been I can't tell you how many weddings I've been through of people meeting in the band. This is John Zeman again, the longtime band president. One of those weddings he's talking about is his own His wife, Charlene, was a cheerleader and flagline instructor with the band. In fact, Mr. Zeman has been around long enough to march with multiple generations of bandmates. There's one family that I marched with this young lady. I marched with her father. I marched with her grandfather. And when I joined the band, her great-grandfather was in the band. 
One generation opens the door for the next as the band refreshes its ranks from year to year. My name is Nathan Beans. I play baritone treble clef. Nathan Beans was a high school sophomore when he got nudged to try out by a teacher who was in the band. The teacher heard his playing, pulled him aside, and told him, Beans, you're pretty good at what you do. You, you should come and join the Ravens band. And me not knowing that the Ravens had a band, I'm like, where do I sign up? Like, why hasn't nobody told me about this before? And it turns out when Beans joined the band, they got a horn player and a consummate hype man. I would say, like, I'm the quote-unquote Ray Lewis of the marching band. He's literally like a jumping bean. He's hype. He's energized. He gets everybody pumped up. Like, we're going to win this game. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to be great. And we're going to perform excellent. And it's like, yeah, we are. (laughs) To give you a sense of what his bandmates are talking about here, I want to play this clip that Beans sent me. He's actually produced his own highlight reel of pep talks, complete with dramatic music. This is audio of Beans psyching up his band before they head into the stadium on game day. So if we believe in a great game, we will see a great game. If we believe in a great halftime show, we will see a great halftime show. Now let's go make some magic. I love it, I love it. Take it, I love it. You're listening to the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. After the break, Baltimore football teams have come and gone, but the band has stayed together through it all. In truth, they may well deserve credit for the fact that Baltimore even has a football team today. We're going to hear that story in just a moment. Where most kids were out playing baseball, soccer, football, I was a band nerd. When he was growing up in the 1950s, John Zeman spent his time inside, practicing his drumming. He loved marching bands, but sports, not so much. I was always the last kid picked, and sometimes not even picked. When you're out on the sandlot with the other kids, all of a sudden, okay, I take Bill, I take Sam, I take Charles, I take Ed. All of a sudden, I'm standing there, hey, what about me? So I devoted myself to music, and I'm glad I did. Today, Mr. Z, as the band calls him, is the president of Baltimore's Marching Ravens. The group got its start 75 years ago as the Colts Marching Band. The Colts were playing at the time in a league called the All-America Conference. That's before they joined the NFL. Mr. Z remembers when he got to see his first Colts game. Colts tie it up at 7-7. It was 1956. Colts fans are seeing a great aerial exhibition today. Johnny Unitas was playing. Young Mr. Z saw the marching band on the field. And he said to himself, I want to be in that band. I love football. I wanted to be part of this. He got his chance just a couple of years later when he heard the band was holding auditions. And I decided that, what the heck? I'm going to give it a shot. I didn't think I was going to make it. They had all these great musicians out there. And in those days, you had an audition on percussion, everything. Bass drum, snare drum, cymbals. Mr. Z played his audition. Then the first cut came. I was still in the running. Then the second cut came. I was still in the running. Then came the third cut. They said, we have one position left. And it was cymbals. And these guys around me said, are you playing cymbals? I'm not going to be embarrassed. Said, yeah. And I looked around and said, I'll do it. So the people who were running the auditions, they told him, okay, kid, you got it. It was like going to Disney World. To me, I made it. 
I was in the big leagues. His first game with the band was in the fall of 1962. And just putting that uniform on the first time and uh, in the dressing room, I just went over and looked in the mirror and said, that's me. I'm here. Over the next two decades, Mr. Z served in the band's percussion line. He worked his way up to assistant percussion director, then percussion director. He also worked as the music librarian and property manager, all while still performing with the group. But then, March 28th, 1984, happened. That Wednesday night, I was holding percussion auditions. And um, my wife was holding flagline auditions. For some reason, going home, we didn't turn the radio on. If they had, they would have heard the news that a caravan of Mayflower moving trucks was surreptitiously hauling the Baltimore Colts football operation out of town under cover of darkness. The team owner, Robert Ursay, had decided to relocate the team to Indianapolis. Mr. Z and his wife didn't know any of this until they got home to their kids and babysitter. The babysitter just looked at the TV when he walked in and pointed. Under the mask of darkness, the moving van started pulling away from the Colts complex. They were taking away equipment, furniture, the trophy case that told of the Colts tradition, and they were bound for Indianapolis. And it was like watching a family member die with his trucks pulling out. It hurt. Ironically, Mr. Z got called in that night to work the story for his day job. He was on the news staff at WMAR-TV, and he stayed up all night at the Colts complex reporting on the catastrophe as it unfolded. He came home mentally and physically exhausted the next morning. When I walked in, my wife Charlene says, the phone has been ringing off the hook with the band members. And I said, yeah, I guess it's over. He says, oh, no. Oh, no. They're telling you we're staying together. Whether you like it or not, you, we are staying together. And I said, well, if they're in, I'm in. The moving vans had made off with all of the Colts gear, except for and this may be an act of divine intervention, the band's uniforms. They were at a local dry cleaners run by a guy named Bernie Kirsch. Mr. Z and his bandmates knew this, so they gave him a call. And he was very nervous. He thought his phone lines were being tapped and everything. I said, Bernie, we want to get the uniforms out. And he said, oh, John, I can't do it, can't do it. But um, you got the key to the truck. Um, if you want to come tonight, take my truck for a walk. So take my truck for a walk. What are you talking about, Bernie? Bernie? Okay. Now I get it. We got up to Kirsch Cleaners. A gentleman, Richard John Doe and myself, was in our honor guard. And there was a truck. We opened the back. They were all cleaned. And had a sign in there, go get them, Colt Band. You can call it an act of civil disobedience, but the fact of the matter was the band was now in possession of stolen property. However, a lawyer friend explained to them that after 60 days, if those items weren't found, they'd be considered abandoned property. The next order of business, of course, was for the band to find a good hiding place for the uniforms. Mr. Z remembers driving around in his van with hot property when a bandmate who was riding shotgun directed him to turn into a cemetery. His family had a mausoleum in there. And I didn't want to do it. All of a sudden we stopped and I looked up and I saw his family name on the crypt. I went, oh no, ain't gonna happen. And they said, come on, come on, and get out of the truck and I wouldn't do it. Finally, they coaxed me out and they grabbed it, opened the mausoleum and they hid him there for 61 days. For the next 11 long years, Baltimore didn't have a football team, but they had a band, a band that was willing to travel. We decided that 1985 we were gonna go on the road to other NFL cities and do halftime shows and promote in a positive way that here's a band 
without a team. And uh, in 11 years, we did 30 NFL halftime shows in that time. The band also worked hard on the home front to keep the spirit alive in Baltimore. We were a rallying point. And people, we were being praised, people coming out and hugging us, saying, listen, one lady grabbed me and I thought, you know, she's going to squeeze me to death. And she said, they took our team, but they didn't take our band, and she was just crying. So this kept it going. All the way to the spring of 1987, when a vote came up before the Maryland General Assembly, Governor William Donald Schaefer had proposed a plan to build a new football stadium in the city. And it looked like this vote was going to be close. I got a call on a Friday afternoon from Bob Douglas, who was press secretary for Governor William Donald Schaefer. And the vote was coming up next Friday. And uh, he said, John, it doesn't look good. I don't think it's going to pass. We need four votes to push it over. And uh, I said, let us take care of that. Mr. Z and his wife rounded up the band, and they all went down to Annapolis that Friday for the evening session of the legislature. We set up on the state house steps. In fact, uh, against the law now, but we blocked all the entrances. <laughs> yeah, we divided up. But we did a concert at the evening, evening session of the legislature as uh, senators and representatives were coming in. And we're handing out flyers saying why we have to build an NFL stadium to get a team back here and what it means to the city and the economic development. And lo and behold, the whole Senate and the House was out listening to our concert. So were a couple of uniformed state troopers watching stone-faced while the whole illegal spectacle unfolded. I thought, this is not good. We finished the concert. They came over and said, are you in charge of this band? I said, yes, sir. And they looked at each other with a smirk and said, um, do you have a permit? I said, no, sir. I do not. He said, and they looked at each other and started smiling. I said, you have to disband. I said, yes, sir, no problem. You know, no, sir, no problem. We're done. We're gone. But they waited until we were finished. And um, as they're walking away, one turned to us and said, get us a football team. The results of the vote hadn't been announced publicly yet, when a few days later, Mr. Z got a phone call. And I said, hello. And I got, it passed. I said, okay, who is this? I said, Will Schaefer. It passed. Thanks to you guys. You really did your job. And getting, you got five votes instead of four votes. You guys did the job. And I said, Governor Schaefer, thank you very much. And he said, won't forget this. I said, no problem, sir. In 1996, the Baltimore Ravens played their inaugural season. That year and the next, they played their home games at Memorial Stadium before moving to M&T Bank Stadium. And in that time, David Modell said, I want you to stay as the Baltimore Colts marching band because you started on this field in 1947. Even though there was another stadium here, you started on this field. I want you to end the band's history and heritage on this field. And we were the uh, last thing on the field that day. 1997 at the last game and then 1998 we were introduced as the Baltimore Marching Ravens. 20 plus years later the Marching Ravens and band president John Zeman are still at it hyping up the hometown crowd and personifying Baltimore's football spirit. Coincidentally Mr. Z is exactly the same age as the band. How old are you now? I'm uh, 75. It's weird to think that you've never actually got to sit and watch a game like the way a fan would. I mean, do you, I guess you kind of see what's going on, but you're busy, too. I mean, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. You get to be there all the time, but you also are kind of working. And so you don't get to, I guess, enjoy the same way as a fan. I don't want to. If any reason I leave this band, 
I'll probably never step foot in that stadium again because I can't be down on that field with them, with the band. And that's not my job. I get to see some of the game, you know, a little bit of it. And I watch the game, but I'm mainly watching the band to see what they need and be there for them as band president. That is my job. But even my sons, Chris and Pat, said, well, Dad, if you ever left a band, you wouldn't go to a game with your two sons and sit up in the stands? I went, no. I said, we want to do that. We can go to the Oriole game. But it would just be too much for me to see that. I just couldn't do it. John Zeman, band president of Baltimore's Marching Ravens. We're going to turn back now to our listener who asked this week's question. You got an answer and a a condensed 75-year history on the side, complete with cloak and dagger spy antics and political hijinks. What are you left thinking here at the end of this story about this unique marching band of ours here in Baltimore? I mean, I knew there was going to be a story. But who knew it was going to involve mausoleums and marriages and uh, like 75 years of intrigue and, and love. That's amazing. And this story had such a great storyteller as well in Mr. Z, who's like a living encyclopedia of the band's history. He's fascinating. I mean, the, 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 I love the moment where he's ready to give up and the band says, we're doing this. We're staying together. And that is so Baltimore. That is so like our story. We, you know, the world kind of gives us a kick and we keep going. And, and, and that just makes me so proud. Jim Meyer, I want to thank you for an excellent question. It was a great delight to uh, make this story for you. I want to thank you for coming to my kitchen and playing your podcast. That's a great strategy for delivering podcasts. (laughs) Door-to-door podcast delivery is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a smaller market. (laughs) (laughs) I might be on to something here. All right. Thanks again, Jim. Take care. All right. That is going to wrap it up for this episode of the Maryland Curiosity Bureau, an original production of WIPR in partnership with the Baltimore Banner. Got a question of your own? You can put us to work at wypr.org slash curiosity. And uh, where we go next is up to you. And hey, if you like the show, do me a favor and drop a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you listen on. Just a line or two. Your words really do help other curious listeners find out about the show. Appreciate you. For the Maryland Curiosity Bureau, I'm Aaron Hinkin. Thanks for listening. Be in touch. And we'll do it again next week. The Maryland Curiosity Bureau is made possible with grant support from the Peel Center for Baltimore History and Architecture, online at thepeelcenter.org.